Hello, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelzon, your co-host and the head in charge here at Holisticism. Hello, and I'm Wallace, your other co-host. <laughs> welcome to the pod. We have such a good episode today. We have at Crypto Witch Club on Instagram, on the pod, talking about crypto. You asked, we delivered. Oh boy, oh boy, did you ask. Lots of, many requests for this episode, and we'll probably have a lot more content on cryptocurrency and what we talked about today, but this is a really great place to start. And if you're not already following Crypto Witch Club on Instagram, do it. What are you doing, my guy? Go follow because their content is so good. I described it in this conversation as the all woods of crypto. And yeah. I feel like that is, on. you know, just like warm, bubbly, fun, likes pink, has a good time, is also super smart. And if you are a brand new baby crypto witch, welcome. This is a safe place. And we're really quickly just going to brush through, breeze over some elements and words that you might not be familiar with. And these are not complete and total definitions. Strong recommend that you go do a little bit of research on your own and do a Google and and just get into, get involved, start to like learn on your own because you'll get a more sort of like blown out idea and a more 360 idea of like what all these words mean, but will orient you in space because it can be very disorienting. So Bitcoin is, we talk about it a little bit in this episode, but it's like the OG of cryptocurrencies. So every coin or token is a type of cryptocurrency, essentially. And Bitcoin is kind of the catch-all term. Some people use it interchangeably for cryptocurrency, but Bitcoin in and of itself is its own coin. So it's a, yeah, like Ethereum is its own coin. Bitcoin is its own coin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Altcoin. Lost, do you know the definition of altcoin? Altcoin is everything that is not Bitcoin. What about an exchange? There's the stock exchange and then there is cryptocurrency exchange, which are two different things. The crypto world is still actually unregulated and there is hot debate among the communities about who is going to regulate that and how and when. So stay tuned. That shall be an interesting historical development in the world of Web3. But an exchange is where you can buy, sell, stake, and mint crypto. What else can you do? On an exchange? Yeah. It depends on the exchange, but some good examples would be Coinbase, Gemini, Mm -hmm. Voyager. And different coins are available on different exchanges, so it's not all universal now. You just want to know if you're looking for a specific coin, check out what exchange it's available on because it's not all the same. Okay. What about a wallet? Okay. If you think about a real wallet, which who has those anymore? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Basically just have like a little thing that carries plastic cards. Me me too. (laughs) It's actually my case for my studs earrings. Oh my gosh. Wait, the neon one? Yeah. I just got some studs and I was like, this is really cute. I'm on. I'm keeping this. You're coming home with me. That is currently my wallet. <laughs> oh, tight. My wallet is a coin purse. And that's, that's it. There you go. Just that's all you need. Purse. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of compliments on that little neon case. Nice. People are like, cool wallet, man. I'm like, not really. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Think about, you know, if you were going to take out cash to say, buy some fruit at your local fruit stand and you needed some cash, you have to take cash out of your bank because you can't purchase said fruit with a card. When you have crypto and you're bringing it into a digital wallet, it's kind of a similar thing. 
where you're t- you're taking the crypto out of the exchange and you now have it in your I was going to say on your person, on your digital person. Yeah. It's in your digital wallet, you own it, no one can take it from you, it's completely safe. Technically, you you haven't really invested in crypto and you haven't really invested in de- the decentralization like DeFi mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. you've taken your cryptocurrency that you've bought off of an exchange. Mm-hmm. So if the exchange is still holding it basically for you, mm-hmm. then the whole point of cryptocurrency is that there's no middleman who owns your assets, who holds your assets for you. You mm-hmm. hold your assets. Mm-hmm. So you have your money metaphorically underneath your bed, right? Mm-hmm. But not, but not. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. if you don't move your coins off of an exchange into a wallet, they're technically not really yours, right? Mm-hmm. You don't own them because you haven't completed that final step of the transaction. You metaphorically own them. You've paid for them. They're going to show up in your account, but they're not in your wallet and you can't use them until they're in your wallet. You can't use them for a transaction. Yes, exactly. That's the most important part. <laughs> yeah, that, That's the whole point of de- decentralized finance is that you own your, no middleman owns your assets. You have direct access. There's no one who can sort of block you from getting what you need, what you've paid for. And so that's an important step if you believe in that system, which a lot of us do. Great. Okay. Let's talk about proof of work versus proof of stake. So these are two different ways to basically mine a coin. Proof Mm -hmm. of work is a system where the mining is done by those who have money and time and energy. So it it takes a lot of, it is not energy efficient. It takes a lot of energy. Bitcoin's Huge a good example. computer farms exist for exactly. people to mine and essentially do the mathematical equations, if you will, that take to create a Bitcoin and to mine it. Exactly. To like effectively sort of like find it, right? Mm-hmm. Using the math. And then proof of stake or a proof of stake system is where mining is done by those who hold the coins. So different coins use different systems. And you can look at that when you go and you read more info on the coins that either say proof of work or proof of stake or POW or POS. So if you care more about being more energy efficient, then look for coins that are proof of stake. Okay, well, so it's an NFT. An NFT is a non-fungible token. There are fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens. And a fungible token would be Bitcoin and any cryptocurrency. A non-fungible token is something you own the rights to, but you can't exchange it for another currency. You can sell it. And we see this a lot right now in art and we talk about it in the episode. Okay. A stable coin is people, when you first get started, people will say like, oh, invest in Mm -hmm. stable coin. Mm -hmm. Those are coins that just have low volatility. One of the Mm -hmm. biggest complaints about crypto is that it's extremely volatile because it Mm -hmm. is. And it's not recommended if you're not going to be day trading crypto to invest in things that are extremely volatile, because the point for many of us who are getting involved is to really hold or Mm -hmm. the acronym that they use on the the, the internet is HODL, H-O-D-L, which is just Mm -hmm. a misspelling of hold. But basically Mm -hmm. you want to hold on to your crypto. It's an investment that's going to get more and more value over time. So You don't want to be day trading. It takes a lot of energy and time. I mean, maybe you want to, but most of us are probably not going to be doing that because we just don't have the bandwidth to do it, you know, which is why you might want to invest in a stable coin because it's a little less volatile than typical. And a good distinction between the two is a stable coin is always backed by something that is separated from the assets. So gold or USD Mm -hmm. is what stabilizes the coin because it's backed by another currency. And Shireen talks about it in this episode, but another way that you can sort of research the validity of a coin or a token or whether you want to invest in it is by looking at the market cap. And the market cap is just the total value held within the cryptocurrency. So if there's a higher market cap, then that means that it's 
probably, you know, a little bit more stable, a little bit more legit if you're an anxious buyer. And then what's the difference between a coin and a token? For me, the way that I understand it is a coin has its own blockchain and a Mm -hmm. token is sort of drafting off another bigger blockchain. So like there are tokens that are made on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like RallyCoin are tokens because they're, mm-hmm. they're not coins because they're on the Ethereum blockchain. And that can either give them legitimacy or mm-hmm. not. But if something's on the Ethereum blockchain, that's like going to be generally good. Yeah, man. Ethereum's the new top dog. Yeah. All-time highs. And ATH means all-time high, which means highest that those coins or tokens have ever been valued at. So that's our brief glossary of terms. Super dumbed down. There's definitely a lot more that you could read about all of those terms, but that should give you a good start jumping off point to kind of swim in the waters of what we're talking about for the next hour with Shireen. We hope that you love this episode. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. When you give us five stars, take a screenshot of your review, send it to the text line below. You'll be entered to win our raffle. And this month we're giving away the energetic recalibration course and it's really awesome. So enter thyself into the raffle. Honestly, perfect time of year before you hang out with family and are <laughs> tested to push your limits. <laughs> I brought it up to you with you people. Prepare <laughs> your nervous system. Uh, we'll it. get into that's the episode because Shireen is a genius a when it comes to crypto. She's a witch and she explains it much better than we do. And thanks for tuning in. We're so excited to have Shireen back. Shireen, welcome. Thanks. Excited to be here. And you are... You're the head witch in charge at Crypto Witch, Crypto Witch Club, right? Yes. So tell us how Crypto Witch got started, how you decided to, because, okay, a little context and backstory. I've been following you for a while. I feel like maybe around the time, a couple of weeks or a couple of months after you got started, and it's been amazing to see you grow, but I feel like you've had this crypto witch persona from the get-go and it's been very built out. So how did that come about and how did you kind of enter into creating that online persona of Crypto Witch Club? Yeah. So I've been in cryptocurrency for four years personally. And when I first started out on my crypto journey, there really wasn't a resource that was positive and educational and just fun to read. Everything was really dark or angry. And it was just really loud on crypto Twitter. You kind of couldn't tell what content was, you know, trustworthy and, you know, what content do you get behind or what people's motives were. So my background is on digital marketing and design. Me and my business partner lead a digital marketing agency based in New York, a very small one, but one nonetheless. And essentially, I kind of went to her and was like, hey, I really see a gap in the market. I love talking about cryptocurrency all the time. Everybody's sick of hearing about it. How do you feel about taking our skills and taking what we do every day for our clients and applying it to crypto content and a crypto channel? And she's super futuristic and was behind it. And we just started you know, talking about bright colors and celebs and kind of working out who we were. And, you know, a big part of that was kind of just leading with a good vibe and kind of taking everything negative and toxic out of it and making it just feel really a comfortable place for anybody to come and connect or ask a question without being shamed. So that's kind of how I got started. But definitely the brand and the personality, you know, because we do it on a day-to-day basis and we kind of got to do it for ourselves the first time, it definitely led to us having the ability to build it out and have it be a little bit like larger than life right from the get-go. 
yeah, one of the things when Michelle sent me your Instagram, it was just so refreshing to not hear crypto bro speak and to hear it in a language that is just so easy to understand. Your pop culture references are killer and it's <laughs> the language that we're already speaking. And so often I think people turn away from subjects because they think it's not for them, but really just not having the information delivered to them in a package that they understand. I think that's one of the really exciting things about what we're seeing right now in the space and especially with your content. And I think that holds true to a lot of financial education too, because totally. I think people just overcomplicate it and they make it seem so much more difficult than it is like when you think of a trader or an investor you know you think of stock images of like mm -hmm. you know white guys on a computer and it's like <laughs> you know one of those huge three-piece computers and they're like day trading really fast and yelling and it's just so the opposite and I feel like that's the the mindset we have to get everybody in like if we want to be an equitable space for all we have to show everybody how you know they can contribute to it and be a part of it and how it can help them you know it's not just the financial grow movement it's you know there's so much capability there for so many different people 100 i actually feel like there's so much propaganda that is pro finance guy and anti sort of like equity around bitcoin for this reason like just because it hasn't been i guess messaged to to us in the way that i think that you guys are doing it so well at crypto which i feel like you're you're like the l woods of crypto you know yeah. oh my god thank you that's huge that's the best crazy. compliments we've ever gotten you, you can quote me on that <laughs> amazing yeah. i'm gonna put it on our website actually we're we're building it out i'm gonna say the l woods of crypto oh I, I think that's a pretty good tagline actually that is really good. i love it i'm gonna i'm gonna quote you yeah what brought you to the name? I think it's women reclaiming their power too. I feel mm -hmm. like that's witchy because I mean, that was like the ultimate diss back in like the Mayflower day, right? They'd be like, she's a witch, yes. you know? And I think it's just kind of like turning that terminology and flipping on its head and making it a positive, you know? It wasn't even always supposed to be crypto witch club. I think like my personal Instagram is like Queen Shireen. And mm -hmm. I think there was a minute it was going to be crypto queen. And then I was like... Mm -hmm. I was talked out of it. My friends were like, it's a little cheesy. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it might be. So we ended up, I loved, we had my little coven in Brooklyn. We have little coven get togethers and we all hang out and the coven, coven, coven kept coming up. So it, I, it almost was crypto coven. And then I remember wanting crypto witch and it was taken. But club, like to be part of a club in crypto, it's such a term, you know, you see yeah. in the industry, like and in Discord. And, you know, mm -hmm. once I figure out club was the way to kind of like claim the name, you know, because it was already taken. And that's how Crypto Witch Club kind of was formed. And it was totally the right identity. Like the minute, you know, we did the logo and we had the name and we figured out what our you know meaning was and why we were there. We, it was just really easy to run with. And people started asking us questions the first day, which is so cool. And I think Michelle, you were like within the first weeks of us starting, you know, we're only two months old, you know, you were right in there. And I was like, who is this? Like, these girls are cool. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't think we were annoying. <laughs> no, I, I think from the beginning, from like the first question on day one, like we realized we had a community. And even though it was like 20 people, the fact that people were engaging and they were chatting with us and they were really interested, we were like, you know, it might be 20 people, but it's the right 20 people. So we'll keep yeah. going with us. Yeah. And I also think there's something really powerful that you are somewhat anonymous, like, well, mm -hmm. you're kind of unmasking yourself now, but when you do Q and A is on, on Instagram and, and just 
kind of yeah, kind of the way that the I guess the platform exists right now in its anonymity, it feels very safe to ask questions. Like you're not asking this sort of mega expert influencer who knows all, you know, who knows everything and who's going to judge you for your incompetence or your ignorance. It it feels so much more kind and gentle and safe. And I've, I feel like I've turned so many people on and, and sent your profile to so many people who have asked me questions about crypto. And I'm, I'm like, just follow along and like ask questions because your questions will get answered or at least an interesting dialogue will open up. Because I think that's the other thing around crypto, blockchain. There aren't always like hard and fast correct answers, right? It's a really quickly moving space in industry. And that can be overwhelming too. Absolutely. Like even my business partner said, she was like, not like we're advertising or promoting something like a pair of jeans where everybody Mm -hmm. knows what a pair of jeans is, you know, Mm -hmm. but you still have to get that sale. Like imagine trying to reach a person and teach them what a pair of jeans is (laughs) and then sell them from there. You know, it's, it's changing and ever evolving and it's growing every single day. And that makes it really intimidating you know I learn something new every single day and like it's cool though that's what makes the industry so exciting it's one of the few places you can do that you know we're not in NASA so yeah it feels like this this universe that continues to grow exponentially and get like all the options and opportunities expand and expand and expand and that's really incredible but I think that a lot of people are still kind of stuck in the big Bitcoin of the dark web and thinking about it as this like thing that only, I don't know, drug dealers and people who don't want to be found are going to use as currency where we know now there's just so much more that blockchain technology can offer us and provide as an amazing solution for like many of the problems that, that we see in the world in terms of inequity. But why would you say, Shireen, like decentralized finance or DeFi, as they call it, is like cool? Why are the people who like nerds like us who, who care about equity, why are we so stoked about it? I think it kind of like puts the people back in power. I mean, our whole lives, our generations, like growing up, there was really only a centralized banking structure. And you could, you know, pick where your products were from, like what bank you went to or who you took your mortgage out from. But I think for the first time, we're seeing self-custody and we're seeing how we can actually, you know, through DeFi, earn a lot more on our investments, you know, not just through investing in crypto and having those gains, but even being able to lend out your money without a bank through a liquidity pool or to stake your crypto and hold it somewhere and get APYs of 8%, 9%, 10% plus on it. I think it really just puts so much power. It's like, it's empowering, you know, which sounds so cheesy. It can be so overused right now, but it's really the first time time in history that, you know, unless you keep your cash under you know, your mattress, which is, you know, horrible for inflation purposes, you know, you've never been able to have self-custody and to own your money. So it adds this, this new sense of empowerment and also competition. Like what can banks offer you now if you can do those same services on your own without them and be in control and, you know, really level out the playing field financially. 
I heard a really good metaphor for the difference between blockchain and DeFi and the fiat banking system or traditional banking system. It was that if the transaction is I'm going to shake Michelle's hand, I would have to get Shireen, you to shake Michelle's hand for me. So there's the intermediary. Maybe you've got some good hand sanitizer or hand lotion or whatever <laughs> that's going to help the transaction for me, or I'm giving something to you so that you can shake her hand in a way that satisfies you. But ultimately, there isn't a one to one connection there. Whereas with blockchain and DeFi, you're going directly to and from the source, if that makes sense. Totally. And it's it's such a great metaphor to use because you can see in the simple introduction you just did how unnecessary that middle handshaker is. You know, the hand yeah. sanitizer swoop in. We can sanitize our own hands and shake them. <laughs> yeah, them. totally. Before we kind of go deeper, I am curious if you're up for doing a little rapid fire glossary of terms for people who are just jumping into this for the first time. Yeah, I'm comfortable. We'll see how good I do speaking under pressure. Oh, I feel like you're going to be great. I'm not worried about you. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Why don't we just start with blockchain technology? So blockchain itself is essentially a ledger. It's a list of records called blocks, and they form a chain that uses cryptography to store data. So those blocks are now in a chain, and the data is recorded on each individual block, and it can't be modified or corrupted. Essentially, what it allows for, and I think, I think this is tricky with with blockchain because you can give the technical definition, mm -hmm. which is a little hazy. But I think the yeah. best way to describe it, I guess, is just it's a peer to peer money transfer mm -hmm. without having to use an intermediary. And right. blockchain is the technology that makes it difficult to impossible to forge or essentially to corrupt. I always think, I mean, this is a super reductionist elementary view, but I, which isn't completely correct, but I just think of blockchain as like a Google Doc where you can see who's edited it. You know, you can like look, view the history of the Google Doc or the Excel spreadsheet. And like, that's pretty much it, right? Because you can see that transparently and you also are not going to necessarily see a person's name on the blockchain, but you will see their, I don't know, like anonymous their, their, address. Their, exactly. Their, yeah. their, their like quote unquote ID. That's a set of numbers and letters that identifies them throughout the blockchain and every single transaction that they do. And I think it's important to point out there too, that's another common misconception is crypto is secret and private. It's used by dark actors. It's not necessarily private. It depends on the blockchain and it depends what you're using and it depends on the, the coin you're using as well. Right. right. Okay. That's a great lead in. How can we define cryptocurrency as it relates to the blockchain and how they interact? Cryptocurrencies essentially use blockchain mm -hmm. to function, right? So Coins often have their own blockchains and they can run on. And then some tokens use blockchains like Ethereum to build their protocols on. So essentially blockchain provides the building block to build financial systems on top of. I think that we should define what Bitcoin is. Oh, the OG player. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think people often get Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the different ones confused. And I think mm -hmm. it's important to understand that Bitcoin, we like to call it the matriarch. Bitcoin was the OG, the first that came out, 2009. It was launched during the financial crisis. And essentially, it was the first ever cryptocurrency. Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency, but it falls under the cryptocurrency umbrellas. Any other project that is not Bitcoin is considered altcoin. 
But essentially, Bitcoin came out, there was this spooky, mysterious white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto, who some people believe is a group, some people believe is anonymous. There are so many hypotheses and conspiracies of who it is. But nevertheless, this person like group came out. they're a witch. <laughs> yes. I mean, nobody ever considers that. Wouldn't it be so nice if it was like this little old lady that was like, I've discovered the secret to freeing the world, you know, and she did it. <laughs> I'd be, I hope for that. Right. I hold that vision. Yes. <laughs> totally. But it's interesting because when Bitcoin first came out, actually, my roommate was a developer. So he was very involved in that world. And, you know, I thought it was so sketchy you know 2011 2012 like I didn't really know what to make of it I didn't fully understand and I don't know if many of us did how far reaching the tech was yes exactly and just like what how it could work like we just didn't have examples it's like it's almost like breaking your brain you know it's mm-hmm. as if we like if we went in the way back machine to like the renaissance era and we showed someone an iphone they would just be like you're, you're a witch. We're going to burn you at the stake. Like, what is this thing? Right? Like you can't almost like you can't even imagine what it can do because the technology is so advanced and so just like provide so many potential options. And I think at that point in time, I remember learning about Bitcoin and being like, well, this sounds like it's for drug dealers and bad people. <laughs> like, why, why is this something that we want? Like, it sounds like fake money, but there's so much, it's so much beyond that. I thought it was just something 4chan made. And I was like, I don't, I'm not into this. Right. Like that's, that scared you enough. You were like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> peace. Yeah. No, it was, it was weird though. Yeah. And I, to me, I was like, well, I guess that could be valuable, but only in like that trade sense where you're like, you know, if you want to gamble on a football game, you're going right. to do it in Bitcoin instead of, you know, fiat currency. So it, it really wasn't until 2017, which is when I invested, or, you know, maybe 2016 was when I first started mentally coming around where, you know, I saw kind of the ecosystem that had been built and what companies and brands were trying to do. And this is like even before, you know, DeFi. And I think there was like a click moment, but it was years in the making. You know, I think I talked to half a dozen people in depth about it before it, it clicked. You know, because it, it's hard to recognize new, new technology at the beginning. You have to get to the point where you see it implemented or you understand yeah. it can be implemented in such a way that it resonates with you. And then there's like no going back. Like you drank the Kool-Aid, you're <laughs> in it, you know, and I see it resonate with different people in different ways. You know, I met up with a friend I haven't seen in a couple of years the other day and he's so into DAOs and like social based mm-hmm. tokens. That's his mm-hmm. whole life. He has a mm-hmm. job in that now. And, you know, my husband is so into NFTs and art and like how to build a collection and how that does that look when it's digital and, you know, how does it differ from normal art collecting, mm-hmm. you know, and other people are financially motivated. So it's so interesting to see the different ways people really dip into it because it always pulls in people in a kind of a different way, which is wild. Yeah. One of the things that you were just referring to, what if it was this woman who's like, I found the key to the universe to free everyone. I feel that's so much of what's happening right now with talk around Web3 and DeFi and DAOs. What do you feel like is the promise of making these alternative ways of creating more equity? How do you see this really contributing to equity in, in a big way? I mean, I feel like it's so early on. It's hard to say what I could expect it to do. I think what my hopes would be is just to give us more of a command of not only how we present ourselves, but how we're engaging with others. Because if you are on a centralized platform like Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever you're on, 
you don't get to necessarily decide how to engage with other people on that platform or how they can engage with you or, you know, how to carve out a, a name for yourself, essentially. And I think, and also, let's just be real, like, you know, it gives you control of your data, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's so much opportunity. I'm interested to see how people are going to kind of build out their own personal ecosystems on Web 3.0, because I think that's the next thing. I mean, you're not going to go on a centralized system to, to connect, but is it, are you going to be connecting on Decentraland, you know, in the metaverse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or are you going to be connecting in this decentralized web application where you have your own community and kind of like keys to that community? You know, people can have like kind of keys to your community and you kind of, you know, change how you can engage. I just joined my first DAO. It's a, and I'll, I'll reverse engineer, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. So part of Web3. And one of the things that's so interesting to me about it is that it is basically self-sovereign, right? Like it's run by the community. People contribute to it. The community, we make our own rules and we can get paid for the work that we do and how we contribute to that space. And to me, this is one of the coolest things about what blockchain and everything that falls under blockchain, crypto, NFT, smart contracts, DAOs, et cetera, what it can offer us is just new ways of creating a community and systems, just like you said. And I think for people who are really, who really care about equity, who really care about community, it can be challenging to get past the sort of like financial money grab that Bitcoin and and cryptocurrency right now is really aligned with and is kind of messaged towards us. And I just want to hear a little bit more from you, Shireen. What are you seeing that's interesting and cool beyond like just trying to make money investing in crypto, which is, which is sweet. Like we'll put a pin in that. I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to like poo poo that, but what are some cool projects that you're, that you're watching right now? In terms of tokens and just being done with technology, I guess anything beyond kind of like just investing in Bitcoin, hoping to gain more financial affluence. So like anything NFT related or like DAO related or like with what you're seeing with smart contracts beyond how they're being used in NFTs. Is there a cool story or or project that you're particularly interested in? Well, I think in terms of DAOs, what really intrigues me is I feel like it's kind of like remote working 2.0. The way you can kind of, you know, collaborate and work with people where you never really had the chance to do that otherwise. I wonder how much of that was like spurred by COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and that remote pandemic. But in terms of like what I see with NFTs, I think the key thing for new investors to understand with NFTs are there, it is a really saturated market. Mm-hmm. So it's not something some people go into it with all like you said, an investment mentality and a money-making mentality. But, you know, I think if you really love art and you really love creators and you go into it with that intention, that can also pay off for you. And you can also have a collection you like. One of the ones we purchased recently, and I think, Michelle, you have one of these too, is NFT Affirmation. Yeah, yeah, I do. I love it because for <laughs> me, the moment I saw that project, my business partner and I and my husband were like, we're all getting this. Because it was just, I just love things that are nostalgic and like a sign of the times. And I got Mm -hmm. this like futuristic nostalgia meme vibes Mm -hmm. from it. And Mm -hmm. I also love it because, you know, it has a lead woman, a person daily, who's one of the collaborators. So, you know, love supporting female founders. And then Chad Knight, who's this fantastic digital artist, but 
I just had so much fun going through them and like laughing. And I was like, I think people should really consider when they're investing in things like art, you know, whether it's NFTs or whether it's physical, you know, making money is great, but like, also like it's, it's a lot less painful if you like it, you know, it speaks to you and, you know, it'll mean a lot more. Yeah. I think we're just at the, truly the tip of the iceberg for NFTs and we're really, there's so much more that we could do with them. And I'm so curious to see like, what are going to be the first best sellers that are NFTs? Like what books are going to become NFTs? Like what, what else can we do beyond art and music, which I think is incredible that also ends up really benefiting our creators. Like you said, because of the way smart contracts are, are created that, I mean, that technology is incredible and such a game changer in a creator economy, which is the economy that we're in right now, especially the digital creator economy. And right now we're making stuff for free and putting it on platforms like Instagram and TikTok. And guess what? Those platforms can't exist without us making content, but we're making it for free. And they're making money off of us making content. And Absolutely. Smart contracts really open us up to be like, wait, I can make stuff on the internet. I can make money off of it. I can make a meme. And it can go viral and I can like continue to reap the benefits of that and still share it on platforms that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't get paid to, to run, basically. A thousand percent. Actually, now that you mentioned this, one of the, you know, there are so many ways blockchain or smart contracts can help. A big thing is I think just voting, you yeah. know, it could be such you could access voting so easily. You wouldn't have to go to a polling location. It could really democratize the ability to vote for everybody, you know, regardless of who they are. And I feel like that's key. That's such a major thing, you know, voter security and getting people to vote and showing them the capabilities. Like that's something that could be done in the future securely on the blockchain, which is something that I just thought was super exciting. Cause I mean, we've had the same tech there for tens and tens of years, you know? So it'd be an interesting thing to change up, but as it's also ad- not working, it's like, not working. It's it's, show. <laughs> yeah. It's not working. So it's like, Oh my God, can we actually use this technology and just streamline some systems? So, you know, like you said, they've been broken. So let's just make it easier for, for kind of everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and make it, just give it some accessibility. And then going back to what you were saying with creators as an advertiser, you know, I'm always kind of looking for the next new thing and how our platform's going to run and how are things going to change. If you look at something like Brave Browser and the basic attention token, mm-hmm. Brave is a, a browser that essentially is ad-free, but you can choose to receive ads. If you receive the ads and engage with them, you actually get paid out in crypto. So you're so actually cool. rewarded by engaging with the ads. And similarly, I haven't seen many creators that are on this. I just saw Hacker Noon was on it though. You can, as the user, you can reward your content creators for the content they're putting out. So it's like the way Brave ads work is instead of all the money going to the platform and the platform distributing ads, the money goes 30% to the platform, Brave, and then 70% to the user who are then rewarded for those ads. So you have like this user creator economy where the platform is kind of just acting as like a, a, a kind of like a, a loose broker, if you will. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was so interesting. It's literally like a little dip your toe into Web3 because I love the idea of being like, I'm going to choose how I reward like content creators Mm -hmm. and who I want to reward and whose content am I consuming? Well, that's where I'm going to send my rewards to, you know, versus, you know, content, you know, creators having to rely on a platform. 
It is so fascinating. And your brain starts to sort of like move from the next idea to the next to the next of, wow, really what I, the most valuable thing that I have in this economy right now is my attention. And so when we think about, I, I think podcasting hasn't even reached its peak because people haven't, we really haven't figured out how to monetize podcasting, but we have someone's attention for an hour. And that's a lot of time. And that's really valuable. And if you think about using something like Brave Browser, or if inevitably a podcast platform gets set up where when you listen to a podcaster for a couple hours, your energy, your attention, because you're, you're giving them attention, they get paid out for that, but that doesn't come from you. That is so valuable. Like that is, it's, it's just so cool to me. Like my, my brain, it's almost like my brain's on fire. I'm like, ah, I just yeah. want to keep talking about this and jamming on it. <laughs> it's wild. I mean, I, I, mean, I think it goes back to what you mentioned kind of early on where it's like, you have to kind of break your brain mm-hmm. to and kind of relearn and kind of re-see what's possible because I mean, you know how they always say we like use a very small percent of our brain. Mm-hmm. We feel like we're cracking into the next level. <laughs> with it's true. Now. Yes, we're, yeah. we're it getting feels there. like that. Yeah, we're going from like smooth brain to wrinkly brain. You know, we're getting new <laughs> wrinkles every time we learn more about like how Web3 works. And I feel honestly, Shireen, sometimes I feel so stupid when I am researching myself, like and learning about platforms. And I'm just like, wait, I don't, I don't even understand this. And I have to be really gentle with myself and say like, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're dumb. This is a completely new way of thinking. And you have to almost decondition from what you've been told about what value is and how the world works and how money works and who's allowed to make money and for what. And that's really liberating and also really scary. And it can feel a little bit like, where do you even start? So for you, where are the, because you are very well researched, researched, and I really appreciate about that about you. Where do you kind of look for your news and what you're following and, and who are you learning from? I think it's really a blend. So I, the number one thing I try to stay off of is kind of crypto Twitter, anybody, anywhere where there's noise, because I think mm, in the crypto smart. communities, there's just a lot of noise and the it's where I've seen people kind of go wrong when they're just starting to get in they start following maybe somebody who isn't that experienced or somebody who's coming at crypto from a certain mindset. So I always first went to exchange blogs, so like Coinbase or Gemini or Binance. And while they can be a little bit, you know, obviously self-serving, I could at least learn the facts there. And then you know, you really, if you really believe in a project and you want to, you know, see what's up, you need to go to the white pages of the project, which you can usually find on websites. There's actually, there's another girl in crypto called She White Papers, and she yes. actually has audios yes. of yes. white I papers. I just downloaded all of those. <laughs> I listened to one for the first time the other day when I was doing the dishes, and I was like, thank you. Like, this is the thing I never would have asked for, but like I needed, but you know, it's really interesting. It's essentially like thesis discovery and you really get behind, you know, the people. And then the people I do try to follow on things like Twitter and social platforms are the people behind projects. So I can get a good sense of how they are Mm. in terms of how, how they would lead or, you know, where they are in the space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, V chains, a huge one for me. So it's important for me to like follow that company, see what they're doing, see what their executives are doing, you know, but in general, I always think a good place to start is if you start a major exchange blogs, CoinMarketCap, I think is great in terms of ranking and seeing, 
you know, how big a market cap is, how much circulating supply is out there, different coins, it really, it ranks everything. So you can kind of, you know, see where it is in comparison to other coins. And I think that's a good way for new people to discover what's popular, like why it's popular and kind of get, you know, a good set with actual projects are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you also kind of begin to it is really overwhelming, I would say, to get started learning, yeah. but you begin to find people who are aligned with you, you know, with your, with this, this, I would say happens across the board with investing, right? There are going to be, whether we're talking about like stocks or we're talking about VC or angel investing, there are going to be some major players who have really strong opinions who are legit, right? But you may disagree with them. You may disagree with their investment philosophy and that's okay. <laughs> and so totally. you kind of just have to find your people, you know, and, and that means that you're, you might kiss a lot of frogs <laughs> because there are a lot of frogs in crypto, I would say right now, a lot of frog bros. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the people who are, I think that's totally, you know, spot on, like find your tribe, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I think a lot of the people who tend to be the loudest are also the people who are usually the greenest. Mm-hmm. So it's a hundred times better to follow like, you know, a credible, you know, well-respected advisor, like financial or crypto advisor that you disagree with than it is to follow a million people who agree with you and, you know, are just putting out kind of like unrefuted claims. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of those, I think you learn best when you have dissenting opinions, mm-hmm. you know, when you can kind of hear both sides and, and see, re- and hear really intelligent people give their hot take, right. Or their, their perspective, and then kind of discern for yourself, well, which one feels more correct for me right now. And, and I also think, and Shireen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you think this too, you kind of just have to get started, right. You just kind of have to get started investing and, and see what happens. And Absolutely. Pick a lane because I kind of feel like where it's at right now with all of this, if you're just kind of putting everything under the umbrella of Web3, it's almost as if back in the 90s, you were like, I just want to learn about the internet. And you're like, <laughs> okay, what part of the internet? There's Wait, so many different directions you can go. So I think finding like what lights you up the most is it NFTs? Is it crypto? And then kind of like narrowing in on that. That's how exactly. I'm it. Is it community based? Like, are you? Do you yeah. want the social tokens so you right. guys can put a treasury together and do dinners together? You know, yeah. like it can. I believe it will really change every kind of different component of our life. So, yeah, start with what interests you the most, what you feel the most passionate about. But in terms of the on the investing side, I think yeah, that's the biggest question. People every single day are like, "How do we get started?" And we're like, check out this getting started guide, you know, which is, <laughs> it's so simple. It's five slides. We have it for you, but it's just taking that first step because we can't, you know, make them push go. But what I found and whenever I've had friends who are hesitant or people in my orbit, I'm usually like, let's just put $20 on. Like, mm-hmm. let's open up an exchange. What interests you? Okay, well, why don't you put $20 in and just kind of follow it and kind of learn a little bit about that company. And then normally what happens is they start paying attention to the app and then the news in the app and, you know, kind of where that token's going. And then they'll get something that's like, there's a new token and then they'll learn about that. So it's just, you know, nobody's going to be able to learn everything overnight. You know, sometimes people ask me questions and are so specific. I have to Google, you know, (laughs) the coin they're talking about. I'm like, what? (laughs) But it's about being able to understand how it works together as an ecosystem. And, you know, that's really, I think the most important part, but you're only going to get there if you if you start with one step. 
Yeah. You kind of just have to be brave and start with a little baby step and also just see what lights you up and gets you excited. And, you know, like, and it's okay if you change your mind. It's okay if you're like, you know what, actually, I'm not that interested in XYZ thing, or I'm not that really interested in trading. I just want to hold. So great. Like start with some really stable coins. And, and then if you feel lit up again, then maybe go play a little bit more. Totally. You do you, you know, do what makes you feel good. And it's, you know, it's, it's your approach. It's what makes you happy. You know, that's what you should focus on and see how blockchain can maybe, you know, change that part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing that I want to talk about briefly, we, we just put up a, a story on Instagram and we got so many comments and I think that it's a really good topic to address, but lots of questions from intuitive and, and curious witches around the environment and the impact of, of blockchain and crypto on the environment. I have a, a big perspective on this, but Shereen, I want to hear from you first. What do you kind of say to people when they ask you that question about the environmental impact and if it's actually ethical to invest in cryptocurrency? I think what it's important to be really transparent because there are blockchains and there are certain cryptocurrencies that are do not benefit the environment. I think, you know, Bitcoin, you can see everybody knows about that energy consumption associated with mining Bitcoin. But my take on it is it's such a young technology and there are so many kinks to work out and so much is already being done. You can see a lot of tokens move from proof of work, which is to not get into deep, but that's what Bitcoin is and Ethereum is now at the moment, but they're actually proof of stake, which requires a significant less amount of energy. Similarly, you can see tokens converting. So yes, Ethereum's proof of work right now, which is more energy intensive, but that's converting to proof of stake to limit that. The amazing thing about cryptocurrencies that is not true of every industry is crypto can be mined using green energy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we as a community work towards ways of using green energy and working with more proof of stake type tokens to kind of work towards this and kind of create, you know, more of a carbon neutrality around it. Also, I mean, it should be said that Bitcoin, it doesn't require an intense amount of energy to transfer it peer to peer. What requires the intense amount of energy is the actual mining process, which, you know, there's a finite number of Bitcoin and in the near future, they'll all be mined. But again, that's just, that's just one problem. You know, there's a lot of layers to this. And I think the community is working, they're moving, you know, in a good positive direction. But yeah, when you look at those, you know, kind of dinosaur coins, like Bitcoin, it's kind of like, the AOL dial-up, you know, of crypto. It's the OG and there's a lot that needs to be optimized. And, you know, I'm confident I'll get there, but it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And, you know, I think the community is working towards. Yeah. And I I mean, I mean, the infrastructure as it gets built, I think in, in this space will continue to continue to lower the sort of imprint and the energy, it will reduce energy costs of Bitcoin, blockchain, everything that we've talked about today. And like you said, there are a ton of coins that really support, like are very green. I was just talking to a friend about, she's like a blockchain expert. She's so smart about this coin that's being basically mined using the ocean waves. And so they put these little sensors in the ocean that actually are already being used for other scientific research. But as the waves sort of move the sensors, it gives energy to 
to get the, get crypto, which I think, I think is so fucking cool. That's amazing. And you know, a lot of industries can't make use of green energy like that or solar energy. And I'm just, I think then blockchain just really aligns, you know, and crypto really aligns to really put that energy, you know, center stage, you know, because we can use that. And that's so exciting to hear, you know, the waves can mine the crypto, right? Like how amazing. It also, you know, when we talk about that, like the very most basic version of crypto, what we were saying about the handshake, right? We're, we're taking away the bank who is the middleman. And so many banks support fossil fuel companies and are like, sort of like kissing cousins with the, the worst like betrayers of the environment. And so if we are, if you're invested, if you have money at Chase Bank, like you are also supporting the destruction of the environment, like because those banks are supporting those businesses, those giant corporations. So, I mean, like not a good, not a good good argument, but like, yes, it's not a good look. And it's another reason I think to, to consider cryptocurrency and blockchain more carefully. Yes, it absolutely could be done better. And like, look at all of these use cases that prove that we it is going to be done better. It just yeah. needs to be done better at scale. And I think that it, dismissing it out of hand without really looking deeper and, and questioning like, all right, is, how bad is this for the environment? Is it is it really? Is this actually a better solution? Just dismissing it feels short-sighted to me. I think short-sighted is a good word for it, but I, I think it's fair. You know, I think it's good to criticize it and it's good to highlight, you know, the things that aren't working, but it's definitely, in my opinion, short-sighted to only focus on that and say, well, that's not good for the environment. That doesn't work because right. it doesn't have to be bad for the environment. Yeah, and I think it's great to ask these questions. And transparency is, to me, one of the coolest things about this space. I feel like there is so much transparency and the opportunity to ask questions because it's a new industry. So we're supposed to, you know, it's, we're not supposed to just walk in and feel like we should know everything. We should ask questions. We should question what practices are and we should demand for them to be better and, and create those changes. And I feel like I see that happen so quickly in this space. And that's why it excites me personally so much. Completely. And I feel like if you love this space, it's, it's important to, to have that, that, you know, to hear that feedback, have that info be involved in that conversation, because you know, this is our earth. We only have one. I don't think blockchain technology is going anywhere. So let's see how we can use it to the best of our ability in a way that's good for us. Amen. So Shireen, if someone was going to just get started beyond following Crypto Witch Club on Instagram, what would you say are the first maybe three steps that a listener should take to get started in the world of blockchain and crypto? Number one, just download an exchange on your phone if you're interested in DeFi, you can try Zapper.fi. That is a great dashboard where you can invest in all different DeFi platforms like SushiSwap and Uniswap. If you're more of a beginner, grab Coinbase or Gemini to pick your projects based off what that exchange has. I always love to have Bitcoin or Ethereum. I'm personally more a fan of Ethereum, but that's a personal choice. Go through the all coins you find interesting. And then three, just... Start with a small amount, whether that's to you $20 or $100 or $1,000. Just put something in so you're in the ecosystem and you can kind of watch it and grow. Just do it. Yeah, (laughs) just do it. Amen. I love that. And follow Crypto Witch Club because if you're an anxious person and you just want more info, you will get so confident following what Shireen and her team are doing and building there because they give the best advice. And they, I just 
I really appreciate your perspective and how fair and balanced you are. You always give people what feels like is the whole story of, listen, here's the good, here's the bad. And then you give your perspective as someone who's been doing this for a while. And I'm guessing just like any investor, you've probably made some mistakes and you've also had some big wins. And to hear from you why you make your decisions and your choices is really powerful because it's kind of like using a mental model or a framework that we as maybe newer investors can begin to use as well. I love when you share your thought process. It helps me become an even more discerning investor. I love hearing that. And you know what? I think it's good because it's important to know the facts, but you have to trust yourself. And, you know, I think everybody's personally different and their investment styles are different. So, you know, follow your gut. Amen. Shereen, how can people support you and Crypto Witch Club? So we have a newsletter that's starting at the end of this month. You can go to our website, cryptowitchclub.com and sign up for it. And that's going to be monthly crypto news and tidbits and kind of all the things we couldn't fit on the Instagram. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to follow. I think I'm actually probably already on the email list because as yeah. soon as you put it up, I'm pretty sure I added myself, but I'm just going to double check and make sure that I'm on there. This was wonderful. We love you so much. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome.